You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, episode 50 with Cherie Warwick. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello and welcome back to the Trailblazers podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Hart. And today, guys, we're celebrating an amazing milestone, episode 50. Wow. I remember a year ago thinking if I could just get to 50, you know, that'd be a cool uh, goal to reach. I'd be happy with that. Well, uh, you know, the goal has been achieved and we are here and I'm deliberate in saying we. Because guys, though I'm the host, you know, I've needed and I've thrived and I have survived on your support. You are a community of blazers all over the country and now in 82 countries around the world. And, you know, you guys are amazing. I thank you, you know, all the time. I I just want to say thank you again for the love and the support. And I'm excited to push ahead for the next 50 episodes with you and and help us get to that century mark together. So today's guest is an amazing trailblazer. Her name is Cherie Warwick. Cherie writes business plans and creates a financial forecast for companies who are seeking funding from banks or angel investors. And it began for Cherie some years back where she decided to leave her corporate gig and join her family's business. And as that business was growing, they made a decision to go ahead and try and seek some funding, some financing to help them expand. And the bank president who saw Cherie's business plan, you know, let her know that it was one of the best he'd ever read. And, uh, you know, that fueled something in her that carried forward to today and where she's at right now. We're going to talk about that a bit in, in today's episode. Cherie's helped you know, hundreds of of clients from many different industries. She's helped people, you know, with restaurants and driving schools and catering companies and dog care, uh, day, dog daycare. And, and she's helped them raise capital that they needed to be able to expand and grow their businesses. She's coached and written business plans for near uh, close to 100 entrepreneurs now. And she stated her future goal as wanting to help more than a thousand companies receive one billion dollars in financing. So without a question, you know, she's on the right path to achieving this goal. She's now a published author and she's been featured, you know, all over the media. And so as we get set to listen to today's episode, you know, Cherie's going to share the six parts to an investable business plan. So if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're someone wanting to start your own business and, and you're thinking about framing a business plan, you're going to want to take some notes. So open your Evernote, your note-taking app, grab a pad a pad and a pen and get set to enjoy the content in today's episode with our trailblazer, Cherie Warwick. Cherie, welcome and thanks for joining us on today's episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you've got a lot happening right now, but we love to begin all our conversations from a place of gratitude. I feel that just it sets the tone for a really successful conversation. And so I wanted to invite you right from the start to reflect and maybe share on what you're most grateful for in your life right now. 
Well, my mother just turned 67 years old yesterday. She hates it when I talk about her. (laughs) But I found the perfect card that really just showed my gratitude for her being in my life and being not just a strong Black woman, but a strong woman, period, and giving me the foundation that I needed to be the person I am today and sacrificing so much. She worked two jobs a lot of times to put me through private school. And she supported me when others said, no, she can't do that. Why would you take a girl from Louisiana and let her believe she can get into international politics? Because that's what I originally wanted to do and send her to D.C. to college, not to go to Howard, but to go to a school called American University. And why would you push that? And I'm grateful for her because she really did set the tone for my life that anything is possible. Right, right. Yeah. That's awesome. Go mom. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, mom. She did a good job. So you studied business, as you touched on just a moment ago. You, stu- you actually did your being in international business, right? Yeah. So I studied international business in undergrad, and I also have a master's degree in finance. Right, right. Yeah. And oddly enough, it's what you're doing in your life today for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what's really interesting is the things that I learned in school is I probably use 5% of that. The truth is the information that you get from doing and from working and studying under people and actually applying information, that's 95% of it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. So maybe tell me, you know what, obviously, as you said, it morphed into so much more, but what initially ignited the passion for you to do business and finance? We'll tell you the funny story of I was in Louisiana, New Orleans. I was born and raised there. And I came to college in D.C. because I wanted to be the ambassador to the Bahamas. And I thought I'd be a foreign service officer. I did one semester of college and I discovered it didn't work that way. I couldn't just go to the FSO and say I want to be placed in the Bahamas and actually get a sign there. And I wanted to have a little bit more direction in my life. So I switched to international business as we had discussed. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in business until a friend of mine, after I graduated from college, my first year of working, gave me a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And so you're familiar with that book. And this was when Robert Kiyosaki was really big. And all of a sudden, I saw my path as an entrepreneur. Now, the road wasn't easy from there, and I had a lot of failures and misses and disappointments. But ever since receiving that book, I knew that my path was entrepreneurship. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So as the story goes, you eventually went on to help your family business prepare a business plan to seek funding. And as I read the story, the president of the bank thought you were amazing. <laughs> right? Yes. And, yes. Um, so my mother's company. Actually, she started a bookkeeping company 
And she decided she wanted to get a bank loan in order to grow her business. And I always tease people. I I say it's much different to write a business plan for school than it is to write a plan for mom who has to go to the bank and ask for a bank loan. Because imagine if the banker said this business plan is lousy, Mm. what the Thanksgiving conversation would be. So, yes. So I was pushed in order to write a business plan that a banker and what I began to understand really the underwriters would approve. And that's a different process. And yes, as you said, and in my bio, yes, the president of the bank said it was one of the best business plans he had ever read. You know, Sheree, the thing that I was puzzled by is that many people who probably get that compliment would probably have said their thanks and then gone back to doing what they were doing. What happened in that experience that really made you realize that there was something more to it and really pushed you to learn more and eventually do more? Yeah, that's a great question. So I remember I said just a few questions ago, I had a lot of failures. I was struggling to find myself as an entrepreneur. And what could I do that I was good at, but that I also could be profitable with. And with business plans, I discovered that I was good at it. And I thought that everybody could write a business plan until I started speaking to the banks and they said, no, it's actually the opposite. You should see what we get. So I began working for a mentor of mine who took me under his wing for about a year and showed me the ropes in terms of writing business plans for other companies. And I got a passion for it. And then people started asking me, well, will you write my business plan for my business? And I always say I I fell into it. It wasn't something that was planned, but I feel it was divine that God kind of put me in a position where I was able to really work with clients and give them something that is part of my talent, which is being able to interweave the financials with the story of the business. So when I was looking for a business that I could really make money (laughs) with and grow into something that was profitable and eventually will be saleable. So that's kind of where I am in my business right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So you've now coached or written hundreds of business plans for entrepreneurs, I'm guessing all over the country, and I've read that your aspiration is to help more than a thousand businesses secure a billion in funding. That's amazing to me to see both your accomplishments and then your continued pursuit. What makes your heart sing in this work that you're doing beyond the monetary and that piece? What is it that really has you passionate about it to want to pursue that goal? You know, I am passionate when a client calls me and says, thank you so much because of the business plan that you wrote or you helped me write. I got the funding I was looking for. I literally just got a phone call from a woman a couple of days ago, and this is not a huge amount of money, but she was applying for a county business plan competition. And the first year she applied, she did not even make the first round. And she just called me two days ago to say, thank you so much. I won the business plan competition because of your business plan. And that makes my heart sick. When I get those phone calls, I'm dancing probably more than the business owner client when I get those calls. 
That is awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about, dive a little bit deeper, right? Maybe sure. share with us some of the parts of a solid business plan that some of our aspiring as well as seasoned entrepreneurs like your mom listening in absolutely need to help them either create or polish their plan and make it one that would garner the funding that they need. Mm-hmm. So you want me to tell you the parts of the business plan? Absolutely. Or? Yeah, please do. Okay. So there are six parts to a business plan. Okay. So I'm going to break it down and tell you that the majority, so five of the six parts are for people that are applying for a bank loan or angel investment. And the sixth part is just for angel investors. Got it. So part one is the market opportunity. So you want to tell the reader what the business is, it's very important to explain what your business is in a simplistic manner. Don't overcomplicate it. Right. In that section, you also want to tell them who your target audience is and how many people within either a geographic area or the entire world, depending on your business, how many people would actually want to purchase that product or service. Right. Within the market opportunity, I also tend to say something like there are 19 million people that are in our target market and our goal is to get 500,000 customers in the next year and a half. Wow. So all of a sudden, the person sees or asks themselves as a reader, can they get half a million clients or right. customers? Right. And then the rest of the business plan is proving that out. So part two is the marketing plan. So once you've said, I want to get half a million customers, then the marketing plan says, how are we going to do that? How are we going to promote ourselves? Are we using online methods such as search engine optimization and retargeting? Are we using social media? Are we using offline methods? I am working with the tech company now. And one of the things they're doing offline is a road show. Right. And that's part of what they are raising capital for is to do a road show or other types of events that you want to host. A lot of times, most companies need to do a hybrid of both. You want to have some online and some offline methods of attracting those 500,000 customers. So that's part two. Part three is the team. The number one reason that a business plan is denied is not because the reader thinks that the product or service is not worthy. It's because you have not explained why the team you've assembled is qualified to actually run the business. So if you've ever seen Shark Tank, one of the things they do is rapid fire questions and they're more so testing the team members and the management than they are the idea. So that's part three is the team. Number four or part four is your competition and your competitive advantages. So we don't just list direct competitors. We list how do people actually solve that problem today? So I'll give you an example. I am actually currently writing a business plan for a gentleman that is opening up a movie theater for independent films. Right. Well, if I just said all of the other movie theaters in his area are his competitors, I would be wrong. I have to ask myself, if I want to watch an independent film, 
where do I go? Right. Well, all of a sudden I have Netflix, I have Amazon, I have film festivals that I can go to. So a great business plan will include all of those competitors within it. Part five is the financial forecast. So you want to have your profit and loss statement, projected profit and loss statement. You want to have your balance sheet, your cash flow forecast. Another thing I place in there is the cost of acquiring a customer. So we talked about the 500,000 customers initially within my fictional business plan. What does it cost to actually get that customer through the door? And how much is that customer worth to us? Right. And then part six, if you are going after angel funding, you need to have an exit plan. And an exit plan is very simply, if an angel investor gives you a million dollars to start your business or grow it, how are they going to get their money back? So those are the six parts of a business plan. Right. I love it. I, I'm taking so much notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too, then. <laughs> this is great. So let's maybe flip the script. What are some of the obvious pitfalls that we need to avoid, right, to avoid not getting funded? Okay. So that's a great question, too. So number one, I think, is to know your audience. Mm. Are you going after a bank loan or are you going after angel funding? And then part two is know the risk concerns of your audience or the person that's reading your business plan. So what do I mean by that? Everyone's scared they're not going to get their money back. Right. So your job within the business plan is to prove that they will get their money back and for you to have different options for them getting their money back, especially if it's an angel investor that cannot Unlike a bank, you have to put your house up. And if you don't pay, they take your house. Angel investors don't have that option. So you want to have multiple ways of showing them, look, if A doesn't work, we can do B. If B doesn't work, we can do C. We'll test. We will only ask for $100,000 today. And if we reach this milestone, then we'll come back to you and ask you for another half a million. That makes them feel more comfortable. Another pitfall is always around the financials, not understanding the financials, not being able to answer the questions that if you Googled most common financial questions asked by angel investors, you should at least be prepared for that within your pitch. Got it. Even Googling just most common questions asked by angel investors, you should at least know the basics of what they're going to ask. For. Another thing, and this is not something that I do, but valuations are very important if you are looking for angel investment money. If you are a startup company with no customers and no prototype, you are not worth $10 million. I had somebody <laughs> call me and say that to me, that she was worth $10 million and she didn't even have a prototype. Wow. So being realistic with your valuations as well, not willing to give up the right amount of equity, and I'll put this in quotes, stingy, with your equity can also hurt you. 
And then with the business plan, if you're going to ask for money, having it look professional, having it be professional, making sure, at least for the executive summary, that there are no misspelled words, grammatical errors, little things like that make a big difference as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So a question, and you referenced the scenario of looking for bank funding and angel funding. Should Mm -hmm. anyone looking to start a business really look to at least have some kind of an informal business plan? Yes. So it's a question that I get all the time. I think if you don't need to raise money, you should not do so. Okay. Number two, I think that everyone should have at least a one page business plan and can say simply, we want half a million customers in the next two years. Here are the activities we're going to do on a daily or a weekly basis to get those half a million people. Right. And it's simple as a checklist. Even in my business, I have a marketing checklist. And every week I go through and I make sure that I've done everything on my marketing checklist. And I know what I have not done what I'm supposed to do, my income goes down. It usually takes about three months for it to go down, but it goes down. And then it takes another three months for me to get it back up again. Wow. So it's best to remain consistent. Right, right. right. And you'll discover that with any business that you have. Shri, I love your insights and your wisdom. This is really great. We're coming to the close of a year here. What's next on your vision board for the coming year? Expansion. So I have writing the business plans myself. I have an assistant that works with me part-time, but I'm actually meeting with someone in a couple of days who may end up being an advisory member to my business. I have invested in getting an operations manual. And now what I'm focused on is assembling a team that can help me write the business plan so that I can do more sales and business development. So I have a great business. I have people coming to me. I have repeat business. But now, and we talked about this when first asked me a couple of questions. Now I want to get to a business that I can sell one day, which is, of course, the dream that all entrepreneurs should have. We should be aiming to retire and still have the business be a going concern. So it's a long-term plan for me, probably 10 years, but that's what's next for me. Well, that's exciting. And I'm excited to watch your journey and keep abreast on all the fun things happening with you. I'd love to share some resources of yours before we wrap up. Tell me about a book that you've read that's inspired you most. Okay, I'll give you one that I refer to all the time, and that is The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. That's a really good book about whatever your goals are, multiply them by 10. And whatever activities you think you should do in your business in order to reach success, however you define success, multiply that by 10 as well. Because usually we underestimate what it takes to get where we want to go. And we also underestimate the goals we can achieve within our lifetime 
time. So that one billion goal that we talked about initially, that was laid on my heart by God at three o'clock in the morning. He said, I'm going to help you help businesses get a million dollars in capital. And that is going to bring jobs to the United States of America. And I'm going to use you as this vessel for that. Amen. So, and I don't know how I'm going to help companies raise a billion dollars, but I believe it's going to happen. Yeah, it's all about just putting it out there. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So whatever is laid on your heart to do in terms of reaching your goals, know that going back to the book, the 10X rule says that it's going to, whatever you think it's going to take, multiply it by 10. Wow. So, yeah. That's nice. Shree, what's something small you've done this month that you're proud of? Oh, gosh. It's only six days into the month. Let's see. What have I done this <laughs> month that I'm proud days. of? <laughs> it, as funny as it sounds, I rested on Sunday. I really, really working on having the balance between work and all of us as entrepreneurs work very hard. Yes. But also getting the right amount of rest. And that way I can be better for my clients. So I think the small thing was allowing myself to have a day of rest. So so important. I've had been encouraged to do the same. And recently I've shared this book now a couple of episodes, but it shows the impact it's had on me recently. I was reading Essentialism by Greg McEwen and he actually talked about the impact of sleep and how sleep is the new currency for mega successful leaders in our world today. They actually value how much sleep they actually got and goes against kind of the mindset we have as budding entrepreneurs where we think, oh, we have to go without sleep to be able to achieve. When in truth, mega successful leaders of our world actually value eight and 10 hours of sleep a day. Yeah. And I think that it's sleep, it's eating right, drinking your water, getting a little bit of exercise on a daily basis. All of that makes us much more productive. And what we're able to do is within eight to 10 hours of working, we're able to get so much more in because we're focused during that time. Right. And and we're so much more productive. So, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Shree, tell us about an online resource, could be an app, software, or tool that you use every day and you can't live without it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. So I use a task manager called Toodly Do. Nice. I'll spell that for everybody. It's T-O-O-D-L-E-D-O.com. And there's also an app that's attached to it. A few years ago, within a month, I had two big items fall through the cracks. And I said, this can never, ever happen again. So I use that as a task manager. Anytime I think about something that I need to do, whether it's personal or professional, I put it into Tootily Do and I don't forget it. Yes. And it could be calling somebody back. It could be doing a proposal or it could be picking up my dry cleaning. (laughs) But it's made my life so much more efficient when I can look through my task and see what needs to be done. So true. I'm huge on using an online task manager as well. I use Asana. 
and prior to that, productive. And I'm a big, big believer. So if I can say this, I think as entrepreneurs, one of the biggest problems that we have in our businesses is that we are not organized. Absolutely. So I use Dropbox personally, and you can use anything, but I use Dropbox in order to organize all of my business plans and the documents that I'm writing for my clients and myself. Right. I use Tootly Do, like I said, for my task manager. And then I have my CRM so that none of my prospects fall through the cracks. And I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I speak with where they're like, I wouldn't forget about a prospect. I wouldn't forget about a prospect. And then literally I had a girlfriend call me probably three weeks after we had a conversation about this. And she said, I forgot about a prospect and I lost the deal. So if there's any piece of advice that I can give to people, it's find something, whatever works for you, find something so that your prospects don't fall through the cracks and your tasks that you need to do every day don't fall through the cracks and your documents are all in one place. I was speaking with another entrepreneur who does business plans as well. She and I worked together. She had to go back and ask her client to send her the business plan that she wrote for them because she couldn't find it amongst her documents. How embarrassing is that? Yes. Yes. You know, so I would have been mortified. So I think that in terms of being organized, it makes us more productive. So when we're working those eight to 10 hours, we don't spend 30 minutes looking for that one document. You're getting stuff done. You're getting stuff done. Exactly. And excuse my rant, but that is... If I could suggest to anybody, like if you don't get anything else from what I'm yeah, saying, right. <laughs> it's, it's get organized. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So before I wrap up, I'm going to let you add to that. I'd love to invite you to share one action. All our aspiring trailblazers listening to this call should commit to this week to help them blaze their trail. Okay, I'll say get organized. (laughs) Get organized. I I have a saying that God cannot bless chaos. Love it. And if you have chaos in your business or chaos in your personal life, you won't reap the blessings that are out there for you. Take a day, take a week, whatever it takes to get organized. Yes. Sheree, tell us how we can stay connected to you. I am on Twitter, let's say, if you have people like Twitter, at BizPlanGirl. So that's BizPlanGirl. And then my website is WeWriteBusinessPlans.com. That's the easiest way to find me. And you can get a copy of my book called Creating Business Plans That Actually Get Financed. That's on Amazon and also on my website. And if anybody needs to reach out to me in regards to specific questions about their business plans or raising capital, I speak to anybody in regards to that and answer your questions. So feel free. Awesome. Sheree, I am so grateful. Thank you so very much for coming on the podcast and pouring out a ton of wisdom in this episode. You've set my mind on fire right now. I don't think there's any white space or any margins left in my notepad right now. (laughs) Well, I'm so grateful and thank you for having me and interviewing me and allowing me to share what I have to offer with the audience. Awesome. 
Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tbpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers.